Hello, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews for 20 years, and you can find them all at that website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Deadpool is the film I'm going to be reviewing today. It's an action comedy rated R for strong violence and language throughout, sexual content, and graphic nudity. The runtime is an hour and 48 minutes, and the main star is Ryan Reynolds. Ed Screen, Morena Baccarin, TJ Miller, Gina Carano get supporting roles. The director is Tim Miller, and the screenplay is by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. After watching Deadpool, it occurs to me that it's interesting how fresh it feels when there isn't really much about Deadpool that's truly unique. I mean, we've had already a vulgar R-rated superhero film in Kick-Ass. We've had this kind of snarky, irreverent attitude on display in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. We've had the in-fight, wisecracky banter that is displayed by Deadpool in, well, pretty much any Spider-Man property in history. We've had the origin of a, a tortured experimentation that led to superhuman powers of regeneration in every appearance of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the X-Men films and his solo adventures. And we've had the plot of revenge on a bad guy whose powers somewhat mirror the protagonists, eventually leading to the hero, or in this case, anti-hero, having to save his love interest from the evil clutches of that enemy in Hundreds, if not thousands of storylines in the history of action movies. And yes, we've seen Deadpool himself. We've seen Ryan Reynolds portray him in X-Men Origins Wolverine. However, I think that fans of the comic book version of Deadpool, which was created by Rob Liefeld and Fabian Niciesa, they're pretty much unanimous in their hatred of how their beloved character had been portrayed in X-Men Origins Wolverine to the point where their grumbling served as proof that there would be a groundswell of interest if 20th Century Fox decided to spin off of their wildly popular X-Men series of films with a version of Deadpool that ultimately gave its fans every single thing that they complained about not getting the first time around. You know, metatextual fan service films like Deadpool have become the new latest bonanzas at the box office. We've had in the most recent year, the two top money earners of 2015 would become two of the top money earners of all time. We've had Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and Jurassic World. These are two major franchises that were resurrected on the formula of giving their respective legion of fans everything that their sequels or prequels failed to do. And they do it with an especially keen sense of awareness within the course of their very films that what they're doing is not telling new unique stories so much as giving their version of big budget fan fiction. Movies that are built on the notion of pleasing the legion of fans out there that want to see more and to see it done the way that they think it should be. Now, the origin of Deadpool is told here, yet again, it's an extended flashback sequence in the middle of the film, and it pushes forward a relatively improbable story of a rebellious ex-special ops mercenary type named Wade Wilson, who ends up meeting his soulmate in the equally deviant Spitfire prostitute named Vanessa. Now, just as strongly as their bond of love begins to take hold, it's all about to come to a sudden end when Wade Wilson is diagnosed with late-stage cancer. Now, with seemingly no real cure in sight, Wilson reluctantly agrees to be a guinea pig for a shadowy underground company that promises a cure for his condition, though he quickly realizes after it's too late that their operation isn't quite on the up-and-up. 
Alas, Wilson, known for having almost no filter on voicing his thoughts in the most insulting of ways, antagonizes the company's mad doctor, Ajax, played by Ed Screen, into paying special attention to him in a series of sadistic experiments that triggers his mutant powers of regeneration, but also, in the process, leaves him horribly disfigured. The rest of the movie deals with the escaped Wade Wilson now operating as a costumed merc named Deadpool, trying to get his hands on the powerful Ajax to hopefully restore his looks back to normal on the hope that his beloved Vanessa can look upon his grotesque appearance with all of the attraction that he has yearned for for the last couple of years. Now, the success of Deadpool will be the true test on whether major superhero properties are ready to finally make that leap into R-rated territory. R-rated superhero films have existed, and some have done modestly well in such films as Blade and Watchmen and the aforementioned Kick-Ass films, but none of those with the kind of runaway success that that would have made them into blockbusters on the level of those PG-13-rated Marvel properties. However... However, the pre-release tracking of Deadpool shows that this one's likely to have that crossover appeal to overcome its hurdle of not being able to target its strong demographic of superhero fans like kids and teens. And that buzz has led to a sequel being greenlit before the public has even handed over its first dollar to this one. Now, even if box office juggernaut China, the market that major releases in the superhero franchises have contorted themselves over the last few years, even if they refuse to allow it because of its potent violence and sexual content, if there's enough green generated by this man dressed in red, and he dresses in red so he doesn't have to continuously wash out bloodstains, by the way, if there's enough money generated domestically as well as in other uncivilized parts of the civilized world... I think that this new offshoot of R-rated franchises could become a new industry for properties in the superhero arena. Despite its high violence quotient and Wade Wilson's penchant for lots of non-standard sexual behavior, Deadpool still manages to muster quite a bit of restraint, not willing to completely wallow in depravity just for depravity's sake. Yes, it does enjoy its R-rating with gusto, but it isn't trying to shock you beyond what's actually necessary for the humor value of its brazenness. In fact, what's most shocking to find underneath all of that wanton sex and grisly violence is that there are occasional moments of genuine emotion and character texture underneath the story to keep the film from seeming like nothing but empty calories. Ryan Reynolds has played a, a quipster wisecracker most of his career, but he's done admirably good work in romantic comedies and some dramatic roles as well, and he gets to show some of that range in a few choice spots within Deadpool, allowing for Occasional moments of fresh air amid that stench of the wanton carnage of the action sequences. 20th Century Fox was wise to retain Reynolds in the role despite his failure in the first appearance and his failed turn in the embarrassment that was Green Lantern. He's a natural fit for the role. He was born for this role, really. Now, any downsides are mostly nitpicks that may not bother most viewers. I mean, the CGI is spotty. Many aspects are obviously artificial. When you see the computer-generated semi-sidekick character of Colossus, he looks very cartoonish and doesn't really fit in with the rest of it. But, you know, given that this is kind of a tongue-in-cheek film, maybe it gets away with it on that regard. 
Though most of the humor does hit, I think that sometimes the jokes do play out past their humor value. The one that struck me was a recurring joke about the names of the various styles of Ikea furniture that I don't think that that kind of humor is likely to elicit more than a chortle on the first mention and probably none in its several callbacks. There's also a bad taste quotient that may make some viewers a little bit squirmy in their seats. You know, Deadpool's mirth while maiming bad guys can be seen as a little too gleefully flippant to the point of being mildly offensive to some viewers who might think it irresponsible for this kind of cavalier attitude toward violence and murder. Now, Deadpool's a murderous sociopath, so you shouldn't really be identifying him, but... At the same time, we're also supposed to also like this anti-hero and find his antics audaciously funny, so some viewers may think it plays a little too cute to be clever. Now, I should probably warn parents while I'm on this topic that Deadpool not only has a lot of graphic violence, which I think you would suspect, but there's also sex and nudity in the film, so some of my amusement, maybe a little bit of a mildly vexed amusement, I, I should say, at watching Deadpool came from seeing the family that was in front of me while in my screening. You know, there was a father that covered his preteen son's eyes anytime bare breasts would appear on the screen, which is kind of ironic given that there was no problem whatsoever in exposing the young lad into all of the copious headshots and the gruesome impalings and the bloody dismemberments that were found within all of those gratuitously bloody action sequences. So, oh, parents... What a double standard sometimes. I I don't think that Deadpool is revolutionary as a film for anything other than its mischievous, devil-may-care audacity, but I think that that one quality is enough to make it one of the most fun Marvel properties to date. Its chutzpah and knowing self-referential qualities wouldn't be enough to make for solid entertainment in a crowded field of such fare, but as directed with striking swagger by the splash-making first-timer Tim Miller... Tim Miller is the visual effects animator who gained some modest fame for creating the title sequences of the English language version of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and for the opening title sequence of Thor the Dark World. There's also some truly clever writing from Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, along with some choice liberal ad-libbing by Ryan Reynolds and his comic sidekick T.J. Miller. Reese and Wernick peppered those in-jokes in the equally self-aware romp Zombieland to great success, and it's just about everything fans could have wanted from a Deadpool property and more. Now that a film tries so hard to be seen as witty and cool, and actually succeeds most of the time, I think that that's at least worthy of some admiration. It's obviously made by people who know their audience through and through, and plan and succeed in delivering exactly what they think that the fans want, and I do think that fans will want this. Now, Deadpool, because of its many in-jokes and pop culture references, might seem dated in 10 years and 20 years down the road, but I think that the aim of Deadpool is dead on in the here and now. I'm giving Deadpool three and a half stars out of four, and three and a half stars on my scale means I think that this is a good movie, and it's good because it is a funny movie. It is very self-aware. It definitely rides on the notion that you know him as a character and also Marvel properties and what to expect from them. There's a lot of references to Ryan Reynolds and his past. There's a lot of references to the X-Men. There's references to just superhero films in general. So if you're knee deep, maybe even (laughs) nose deep in these kinds of movies, the more 
you're entrenched in them, the more you're going to get out of it. And I think that it really does hit the spot for fans of superhero films. Now, I do want to also mention that if you do happen to see Deadpool, stick around all the way through the end credits. There's an extra scene at the end that, among other things, has a nod to another well-known film that notoriously breaks the fourth wall the same way that Deadpool does in this one. And it's worth sticking around for. Three and a half stars goes to Deadpool. Definitely one of the bright spots so far in 2016. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you did, I encourage you to click the subscribe button and you'll continue to get all of my reviews downloaded into your podcast player. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes, please leave a review. Word of mouth is the best way that you can show your support for the show. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening and I hope that when you do go see Deadpool that you have a really great time as much as I did. 